Hey, what an honor it is uh, to be here on this stage. And, uh, I've had a lot of personal moments on this stage, a lot of God moments on this stage. And uh, it's just really cool that I get to be here to, to share God's word with you and, and, and get, a, get to preach. Um, about two years ago, I was commissioned to be the youth director here at Bayview on this very stage. Uh, about eight years ago, I joined the worship team, started playing guitar. Um, and actually, a few years later, I got to be a part of, uh, or under Andy Cherry's leadership. And so, I'm personally going to miss him uh, a lot, um, definitely. And about 10 years ago, actually, I was baptized in that very baptism tank back there. Uh, it's a long time ago. Um, but yeah, was, this stage has meant a lot to me, and it is, again, a great honor for me to get to, to preach here. Um, but I, when I think of this stage, I also think of some not so great moments, some moments that uh, were not so wise as we've been talking about for the past several weeks. Uh, it was in high school, um, about probably about 10 years ago again, and uh, we had an all-nighter at the church. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, an all-nighter, essentially you pump, you have 30 kids, 30 high school students, you pump them up with sugar, you deprive them of sleep, and you let them go in a church. And so um, it was around 3 a.m., and we were, it was me and a couple friends who were still up. Everyone else was asleep, obviously, as you should be at 3 a.m., but a couple of us uh, were still up and we were wandering around the church, and somehow we made our way uh, into that baptism tank, and then for some reason, we still have no idea why, we thought it would be a good idea to jump over the baptism tank to get into the sanctuary and to get onto this stage. And so my first friend uh, goes over, lands, fine, everything's good. Second friend goes over, and the alarms go off. See, we didn't know <laughs> that the, they armed this uh, sanctuary uh, separately, and so the alarms were going. If you've never heard the alarms here, uh, and I hope you haven't heard the alarms here, they are so loud. They are <laughs> very, very, very loud, <laughs> and uh, it was absolute chaos. My two friends were here. They booked it out. I don't know where they went. Um, I was still in the tank. And so I had to make my way back out and, and wander. I don't know how I got back out, but I made my way back out. And it was just, it was chaos. It was pandemonium. The alarms were going. People were walking around like zombies. It was, it was crazy. Um, and I remember, I don't remember too much, but I remember uh, walking and seeing the youth pastor at the time um, making a beeline to the sanctuary. And I, I remember looking at him in the eyes and seeing someone who was quite frustrated, who was half awake, and I remember looking and seeing in his eyes um, just this frustration with us. And that was when I knew that I never wanted to be a youth pastor. <laughs> and, well, and here I am now, and so God works in funny ways. But it is a great honor uh, that I get to, to be up here. Um, I remember, I, was, I wasn't going to share this, but I remember as a kid, um, my Nana is sitting right there. And um, I remember as a kid, we used to practice um, sermons and practice like communion or whatnot and so for me to be able to preach in front of you and, and for my Nana to be here is, is awesome. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> we've been talking about wisdom and I, I shared the story of how I was lacking wisdom and, and I really wish I had this verse in James chapter 1 verse 5 talking to us about if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. See, if I had wisdom, I probably would have gone to bed at 3 a.m. But God, <laughs> but God wants to give us wisdom. See, God wants to give every single person in this room wisdom. And so we're going to be talking about wisdom. We've been talking about wisdom for the past several weeks. Um, and 
we're going to talk about uh, what wisdom is, and we're going to talk about a little, define a little bit what, 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 about what wisdom is, and that is that wisdom is the right application of right thinking. See, it is good to know, and it is right thinking to know that the stove is hot. It's right thinking to know that the stove is hot, but it's real wisdom in not touching it, right? We can know all these things, but really what James is going to talk to us about is that wisdom is the application of that right thinking. And then James is actually going to uh, show us that there are two types of wisdom, that there are two types of wisdom, that there is true wisdom and that there is false wisdom, and then he's going to lead us into how those two types of wisdom can lead to two very different things and how these two types of wisdoms can lead, one can lead to chaos, and one can lead to a life of peace. And, and that's not just talking about in general, everywhere. It's talking about um, internally, um, with the relationships that you have in community. And so we're in James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18, and I welcome you guys to uh, open up your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible with you, um, there's a Bible in the seat back in front of you. I'm reading out of the ESV. Uh, in the Bible in front of you, it's in page 1012, and so... Um, if you want to open up there, if, as always, if you have a Bible on your phone, you can uh, join us there. And like I said, we're in the ESV, James chapter 3. Okay, I'll invite you to flip there, give you a second. All right, it starts like this. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Right there off the bat. James is asking us a question, and it's a rhetorical question because he's not asking for a poll of who is wise. He's not asking the people reading this letter, hey, are you wise, are you wise? No, he's, he's asking a rhetorical question here, but what he's doing here is actually he's showing us that he's changing who he's talking to. He's switching the audience. See, earlier on, he would have been talking to teachers. He would have been addressing teachers and wise people, but, but the way he structures this, uh, structures this question and the words he uses is saying, hey, I'm actually talking to everybody. See here, the Greek word he uses for wise is sophos, sophos, and the Greek word he uses for understanding is actually epistemon, and these words are not used when addressing teachers. These words are, are used to address everybody and the community, and so when he's asking who is wise, he's asking everybody who is wise, who is understanding. And by that, we can imply that wisdom is for everybody. Wisdom is for everybody. Uh, it's funny that a lot of, the, a lot of times at, um, working at a church, uh, you get a lot of people coming in uh, seeking advice from pastors and seeking advice uh, from Lucas, Dave, Kevin, all these guys, um, and, and looking for wisdom and looking for direction in their life. Um, but what God is really saying is that that same wisdom that he, he gives to, to pastors and, and to teachers, he gives for everybody, that we are all called to be wise. And so moving on, the next part he says is, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Three things I want to point out here, he says, is good conduct, he talks about works, and he talks about meekness. A couple weeks ago, Lucas talked about faith. He talked about faith and how faith and works are two not or two uh, are, are not mutually exclusive items, but that when you have real faith, when you have active trust in God, that works naturally come out of of, of real faith. And James is saying the same thing here about wisdom. He's saying that when you are wise, if you are wise and if you have true wisdom, that good conduct and works come out of it. See, what he's saying is wisdom is the right application of right 
thinking. It's, it's not enough to just know everything, and it's not enough to just uh, to read your Bible and to know all these things and to study the Greek of everything. Those are good things, and I'm not saying not to do that because that is part of wisdom. But to be truly wise, to be able to say that you are truly wise is to say that you are applying that correct thinking, that you are applying that right thinking. Next verse, or sorry, uh, talking about, uh, he talks about meekness. And it's important that we, we talk about uh, meekness here because that theme continues on um, in uh, the rest of the, the chapter. And when he says meekness, he also is talking about humility, uh, one and the same. And, and meekness is important here because the people reading this, uh, this passage and reading this, this letter um, are, are the Greek people, and they would not have thought highly of meekness. See, back then, in, for the Greek people, Greek, uh, meekness was not a virtue that was um, held in high regard. It would actually would have been a weakness. It would have been seen as something, as a weakness for most people. And so when James, when James addresses uh, meekness, he's making it important that it's wisdom and meekness must go hand in hand. That true wisdom comes from someone who is humble, who is meek, just like Jesus, the same way that Jesus was humble and meek. God is saying that, I'm sorry, James is saying that meekness and wisdom go hand in hand, that a truly wise person is a humble person. We keep going and says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. And see, so he continues that theme of humility and meekness, talking about bitter jealousy, selfish, amb- selfish ambition. See here, he's talking about someone who wants, who envies other people's things. He's talking about how People have selfish ambition, these people who have a prideful heart, really. And so we have this, uh, this, this theme of humility, talking about meekness, and he has this theme talking about pride and how these two things are so opposite and how wisdom, real wisdom, is from a heart of, meek, a heart of humility and meekness, whereas the other type of wisdom is bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. He then goes on to say that this is a warning. First, to check your heart, Check your heart for pride. Check your heart for selfish ambition. Check your heart for envy and jealousy. Check your heart. And then he says, and then he gives you a warning saying, do not boast and be false to the truth. Do not boast. Do not lie. Do not claim that you are wise. If you have pride in your hearts, do not claim to be wise. The NLT puts it, uh, puts it perfectly saying, do not cover up the truth with boasting and lying, because essentially what you're doing, if you, come, if you have a heart that is full of pride, if you have a heart that is full of pride, that the wisdom that you may think that you have is not true wisdom, you're actually lying, that you are covering up the truth. And so this is all a warning uh, to us. Uh, moving on to the next, next verse, it says, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, and when he says above, he's talking about God. Right? He's saying that this wisdom, this prideful heart, this, this um, selfish ambition, this desire to want to, to lift yourself up and boast in yourself, um, that is not from God. Right? And I think, I think most of us would know that, that these are, these are vices and things that are not actually from God, but he tells us um, in, the next, in, the, in the next part where it actually com- comes from. And so he's, uh, James is saying that it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic, and, and I'm so thankful to Lucas for giving me such big words to have to, to work through, but we're, let's go, let's, we'll, we'll try and go through them. Earthly, 
Earthly is talking, not talking about, about the world and the physical world and, and not the people of the world, but it's talking about the values of the world. It's actually talking about the values of the world. So whereas where, where real wisdom would be gentleness and generosity and caring for people, the world's values would be the complete opposite of, and having pride and greed and trying to, uh, to better yourself and only worry about yourself. Unspiritual is addressing the core of who you are. Unspiritual is ad- addressing who you are and as whereas other wisdom might address your physical or your spiritual, or sorry, your, your sexual side. Unspiritual, uh, the spiritual side is the core of who you are inside, the real being of who you are inside. And finally, demonic. Uh, this is a loaded word, but essentially uh, what he's saying is that this wisdom is diametrically opposed from God. That if God is over here, that this kind of wisdom is so far away from God. Moving on to verse 16, where, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, talking, pro- talking about pride again, there will be disorder in every vile practice. So two things, a disorder. First thing is disorder. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, he talks about, or he says, or, or the verse says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. See, God does not produce disorder. God is not a God of disorder. And so when disorder is a fruit that comes from um, this wisdom, you know that it is not from God. When, when wisdom um, that has pride, jealous, or jealous, uh, uh, sorry, jealousy and, and, and selfish ambition and pride, those things lead to disorder. Disorder in our lives, disorder in how we live internally, disorder um, in our community. And then finally he talks about every vile practice. And by, by talking about every vile practice, he's talking about sin. That ultimately, this, this wisdom that does not come from God, that this wisdom that is, uh, that is not from God, it, it will lead you to sin. It will lead you to sin and, and to disobeying God and what he has set out for us. And so all of this is to say that false wisdom leads to chaos. That false wisdom leads to chaos and leads to chaos inside, intern- or internally, in our friendships, in our relationships, and the people around us in, in our church. Uh, when I think of chaos, I think of the United States of America. Uh, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I love the States, and it's brought, it's brought us so many uh, amazing pastors like Lucas and, and Andy, and, and I love the... <laughs> um, but I think, of, uh, I think of the housing crisis back in 2007, 2008. You guys remember this? Um, it was a while ago, and I was, again, I was pretty young, but I do remember that being a time of chaos. I remember a lot of people's lives being broken. And if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about how the housing market and, and the financial market, everything kind of collapsed at the same time, and it was crazy. Lucas was telling me about people's homes being worth, like the worth being cut in, in half. I, I was reading about it yesterday, about some houses where, where that would have been like 300,000 were being, had to be sold for like $90,000. It was crazy. These, these homes, these investments that people were, were uh, making, um, it was just gone. It was just gone, and it was it, to a point of, of chaos, and, 
And people, people, Luke was telling me about people jumping out of buildings because they lost everything. I remember, even when I was younger, I remember watching a, a news story about this, this guy. He was, he was making millions of dollars. He had a beautiful home, a lovely family, um, and he lost his job. And the only job he could find uh, was delivering pizza. That it was, it, it, this, uh, this, this time was, it was chaotic. It was homes uh, being lost, families destroyed. Lives, lives ruined. It was chaos. It was chaos. And you know what the root of that was? The root of that was greed. Right? When you look at everything that caused it, and, and you can watch uh, videos and documentaries on it, and you look at all the things that transpired before that, it all really stemmed from greed, from people wanting more, seeing what someone else had and wanting that, and trying to um, push other people aside to try and uh, get more and receive more. See, people uh, and, and that the people of that time and, and, and making those decisions were working under false wisdom. They were working under uh, selfish ambition and they had pride in their hearts. They were, uh, they were prideful. They were, they were trying to uh, push other people aside, like I said, and trying to make more and that ultimately led to chaos. See, false wisdom led to chaos. Um, I uh, graduated from the University of Toronto with a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, and, and those were some great times. God really changed me and worked on me and, and gave me wisdom in that time, but there were also times where I did not listen uh, to great wisdom. I did not listen to God's wisdom in that time. And um, going, into, going into university, and I'm sure a lot of uh, our young people um, hear it, is that university is going to be the greatest time of your life. It's going to be amazing. It, you're going to learn so much, and you're going to hang out with so many people. You're going to meet so many new people. You're going to experience so many things. It's really going to be the greatest time of your life. And for me, I bought into that. I, I love that. I was like, yes. I'm an extrovert, and so I love meeting people, and I love just being out there and being around um, other people. And so for me, university was, I put that on a pedestal. And I'm not to say that university is a bad thing. Obviously, go to university and go to college, and, and those are good things, and you learn a lot, and like I said, that God really changed me in that time. But for me, I put this social life and this, this, this desire to be around people and to have this amazing social life, I put it on a pedestal, and I thought that that was the most important thing about going to university and being, being in that time. And so and when I talk about a social life, I'm not talking about anything crazy. I, my nan is here, I can't talk about it. There's nothing, nothing crazy going on. I don't want to lose my job, but it was, it was just me hanging out. I, most of my time was with around uh, good Christian friends, but it was, it was that fact that I was just really um, holding this, this, uh, this social life on a pedestal. I remember there would be times where I wasn't doing anything. We would just go to McDonald's until 5.30 a.m. and I would go home, sleep for 30 minutes, and then go to class. It was, and I lived, I didn't live at school, I lived in Markham, so it was another commute all the way back down here. And so it was just making poor decisions that led to uh, me being on academic probation in my first year. It led to, it led to really tough, tough times, and I was able to mask a lot of it, right? People didn't really, t you couldn't look at me and say, oh, he was chaotic, or it, his life is it's chaotic, but there were a lot of uh, relationships that were, that were ruined, a lot of friends that really cared for me that I kind of pushed aside in, in pursuit of having all these new friends. Uh, it hurt my, it hurt my uh, 
family relationships. I barely ever saw people. I mean, I'm coming home at 5.30, so I barely, no, one's, no one's up at 5.30 or, or looking for me or waiting for me. And so it really hurt um, all these different aspects of my life. See, where if I had listened to good wisdom, if I hadn't put this social life um, up on a pedestal, maybe I would have made some better choices. And see, so this false wisdom, this, this advice, this thing that I really wanted and I chased after, it led to, <clears throat> it led to chaos. It led to chaos. And so um, false wisdom leads to chaos. And it, it might not be um, as outward there, and it might, you might not be able to see it at first, but when you actually look at the attributes of what happens when you listen to false, false wisdom, you can see chaos. You can see chaos. But the really cool thing about God is that he doesn't just want to leave us there and, and say, shame on you, this is the, these are the bad things that you're doing, you're, you're not listening to me. He wants to give us a better way. And so James shows us a better way. Here he talks about um, different attributes and ways to see uh, what true wisdom looks like. And so he says, but, from, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So right off the bat, he lists off a bunch of different attributes of wisdom. First one is pure. First one's pure. And that, the Greek word there used is called is hagnos. Hagnos, and that's translated as moral blamelessness. Moral blamelessness. And so where bad wisdom, where false wisdom would have led to every vile practice, real wisdom leads to purity, pure moral blamelessness. Really a good life. It is a life without sin. See, when you listen to good wisdom, it leads to uh, a life without sin. And so, is the, wisdom you're, is the wisdom you're listening to, is that lead to purity or does it lead to vile practices? Does it lead to sin? The next thing he talks about here is peaceable. And this is a huge word and something that we're going to address and is a common theme um, in the rest of this, uh, rest of this passage. Peaceable also uh, can be, other, other translations have called it peace-loving. And so do you love peace? Like, do you love peace? The wisdom that you go after and the wisdom that you listen to and that you embed in your life, is it peaceable? Does it love peace? Do we pursue peace? Or do we look for opportunities where we can um, sidestep someone or or maybe try and better ourselves by harming someone else? Uh, do you love peace? And because when you love peace, when you love peace, it leads to gentleness. It leads to being open to reason. Uh, these words, gentle and open to reason, um, other translations say submissive, or sorry, um, uh, consider, or sorry, Considerate and, and submissive. It's just talking about, do you care for people? Do you, are you kind? Are you kind? Because when you love peace, when you pursue peace, when peace is at the forefront of your life, you'll be gentle, you'll be kind, you'll be caring, caring, about, caring for people, you will uh, listen to other people, you will ha hold other people's um, values, um, and you will look at, and you will listen to them, you will not push them aside. You'll be gentle, you'll be open to reason. That is true wisdom. True wisdom leads to peace, gentleness, and open, open, being open to reason. The next, uh, next part that he talks about is being full of mercy and good fruit. 
and good fruit. And so uh, mercy is important here because mercy is one of those good fruits that come out from true wisdom. When we listen to true wisdom, when we listen uh, to God's wisdom, we are full of mercy. And so when we're talking about mercy, do you have love for, for anyone? Do you have love for everyone, I mean? Do you have love for the people that harm you? The people that maybe not, are not like you? See, it's easy, it's easy for us to be merciful on, on, on our best friends, on, on our friends. Well, sometimes it's easy, but uh, most of the times it's, it's easier to be, uh, uh, to be merciful on people that we like or that look like us or sound like us or go uh, to the same places that we go to. But real mercy, full mercy that we're called to just the same, in the same way uh, Jesus called us to be merciful, it is for everyone. And so when we are full of mercy, we're talking about everyone and being full of that same fruit and, and, and of mercy. And because that full mercy will lead us to being impartial and sincere. See, when we are full of mercy, naturally what happens is that we are impartial because it is for everyone. We are impartial. We, we don't get to judge who gets mercy. It is for everyone the same way that Jesus died for everyone that this mercy that we have, it is impartial and it's sincere. It's sincere to everyone. And so finally, we, we, uh, we wrap it up talking again about peace. And he says, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The NLT uh, says, oh, sorry, the NLT says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. See, we are called to be peacemakers. We are called to be peacemakers, that it is a part of our identity as those people who listen to God's true wisdom. When we listen to God's true wisdom, that it becomes a part of our DNA. It's not for other people or, or really good Christians. No, every single person that is listening to God's wisdom, that is listening to true wisdom, is called to be a peacemaker. Every single person in this room who calls himself a follower of Christ is called to be a peacemaker. And so is peace a, a, a part of your identity? Is peace something that people can say is a part of the way you live? And it, and it doesn't mean that every, every aspect of your life is, is, is peaceful, because we know that it isn't, but are you pursuing peace? Is that the first thing that you want to do when, when conflict arises, when things are going wrong? Are you pursuing peace? And so, again, we're talking about how true wisdom leads to peace. It leads to peace internally inside of you. It leads to peace in the relationships that we have with one another, and it leads to peace um, in community and in church, really. And so to recap, we talked about how there are two types of wisdom, that we can listen to true wisdom that comes from God, or we can listen to false wisdom that does not come from God, that is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And how true peace leads, or sorry, true wisdom leads to peace, and how false wisdom leads to chaos. And so what does that, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us as we, as we live our day-to-day -day life and as we, as we go out there and we go to work, go to school, or with our families? Well, it means we go to God first. We go to God first with, uh, when we are pursuing wisdom and we are seeking wisdom. See, it, it's so easy for us to maybe go to our favorite 
uh, to our favorite books or to our favorite, uh, maybe on, on Instagram or Googling, best ways to do something. But really what it does is says that we, or really what we should be doing is going to God first. And we know that God does speak in many different ways. He, we know he speaks through people and then through the things that we read. And, and we know those are good things. But are you going to God first? Are you going to God first um, for your wisdom and for your advice and for the truth and the way that you want to live? Are you going to God first? And the second thing it does, it changes who we listen to. It changes who we listen to. Uh, last week, as I was praying for, preparing for Baby Youth Sunday morning, uh, some of the leaders, uh, we meet together beforehand and we, uh, we pray uh, we pray over the students, we pray over uh, uh, everything that's going to happen, we pray over just that things would go well and that God would be present with us and that we could feel his presence. And um, one of the leaders, his name's Colin, and I have his permission to talk about this, but Colin, uh, he, uh, he was just asking me, hey, how are you feeling? You're preaching next week, like, how are you feeling? And I was like, you know what, I'm like, well, I'm excited and, and I'm pretty nervous, um, but I, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited, like, it's, it's going to be good. And he's like, hey, like, it's, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay, to, it's okay to be nervous because two things, that nervousness, nervousness means that you are excited and that you, uh, the, you really want this to go well and that you're going to put, uh, you're in the right place. And that uh, the second thing is that to take that nervousness and to push it towards preparing and to knowing every single detail, making sure every slide is correct and making sure every, every little thing, every word that you say, everything is, is, is good and it pushes you towards that. And, and I listen to Colin because, well, one, he is, uh, he's a great, great man of God. I, I see gentleness. When I look at his life, I see gentleness. I see someone who is, who is kind, is caring, who's willing to listen to people. Uh, he's been one of my leaders uh, right from the beginning of Baby Youth Sunday Morning. Um, he's also a teacher, and so I, to listen to someone talk about public speaking, I think it's a good, a good idea to listen to someone who's a teacher. But see, I listen to Colin because he has these attributes of true wisdom. Uh, he has these, these virtues that come from a person who has true wisdom and who listens to God. He then went on to tell me that if I was still nervous when I was up on stage to picture everyone in their underwear. And so I qu quickly disregarded anything he said and uh, just, Colin, thank you so much, <laughs> goodbye. Uh, and he's no longer, I'm just kidding, <laughs> he's still a leader with us, but um, it changes who we listen to. It changes who we listen to. And so the, the celebrities and the, the, the people that you go to for wisdom, the, the role models you look at and you listen to, are they gentle, are they kind, are they open to reason? Are they pure? Are they, do they have these attributes or are, they, are their hearts full of pride? And I'm not saying that we should be judging everyone and going over and you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, no. But are they pursuing things of peace? Is peace something that you know is a part of their life and that they are pursuing these things? And so it changes who we listen to. And so uh, true wisdom True wisdom comes from God, and, and it is a gift that God wants to give every single person here, right? And so this, is, this, whole, this whole thing was about trying to show you, or James wants to show us what true wisdom looks like and what, true, or what false wisdom looks like. And so that's my, my prayer over, over us this morning, is that as we go out there, we be able to uh, look at, at our lives Look at the people's lives around us. Look at our, the relationships we're in and, and the culture that we're in. And are they, are they pursuing peace? 
Is there peace there? Is that, is that something that is happening in these relationships, in, our, in ourselves, in the world, or is it a life full of, full of chaos, things going wrong, pursuing the wrong things? Would you pray with me as we, uh, before we move into the next time of worship? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we, we ask for your wisdom. God, we ask for your wisdom, for true wisdom. God, that the world, the world's wisdom and that the, the wisdom that, that does not come from you, God, we know that that leads to chaos, God. So we pray to go to you first, God. We pray that we go to you first for, for the things of our lives, for the needs of our lives, God. God, we confess times where we've tried to do it on our own, where we've tried to, to uh, really study harder or, or be smarter or, or do kind things and, and do things more out of our own work, God, and out of our own wisdom, God. But, God, we know that it ultimately has to come from you, God, that this wisdom, that this way that we are trying to live, God, it ultimately has to come from you, God, and that it is pure, it is good. So God, I just pray that over every single person in this room, God. God, I pray that as we are checking, um, checking ourselves and checking our heart and checking, uh, or just looking at, at the relationships we're in, God, I pray that we not uh, feel guilty or we do not put ourselves down because of the things that we may realize are wrong, God, but that we know that you have given us hope, God, that you have this gift of wisdom that you really want to give us, God, that is given freely. All we have to do is ask, like it says in James. God, so we ask for your wisdom again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.